Okay, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perik Memches, Pasuk Yud, Hine Tsiraftiha, Velobekesev. Firstly, welcome back from your Sukkos holidays, a happy Isruchag, and we are back live in the Gevura Congregation Studios here in the heart of Wall Street, and it is uh, right in the middle of a parrot that we had started a few days ago, and so it behooves us to just go back and set the stage. The Navi, Yeshayahu, is in the middle of a lacerating nevuah directed at a specific segment of B'nai Yisrael that are in Bavel now. It's within an 18-year period. And they have made a tragic error of judgment that it is not being overdramatic to say changes the whole trajectory of our Jewish history. We saw that Bavel, after 70 years in the international spotlight, is defeated by a nation called Paras Madai. It lasted, as we say, 70 years, and that is it. There are no more Bavel, there's more and more Nebuchadnezzar. There is a king called Koresh. Koresh is from this most pagan nation of Paras, and yet in the first year of his reign, he declared that he had a vision from the Kaddish Baruch Hu that commands him to send the Jewish people back to Yerushalayim to rebuild the temple of Bayashani. He will supply the wherewithal, the craftsmen, the materials, the money. It is nothing short of miraculous because Koresh is from a pagan nation with a long history of paganism, and suddenly they're acknowledging the Kodesh Baruch Hu, as that is where he is getting his instruction, who is the true God. And this, as you would expect, causes seismic effect in terms of the, the known world, which Koresh is now the king of. Poros ruled at that time the known world, from the borders of Europe to the end of Asia Minor. And so they investigate who is this God that Koresh is now acknowledging. There is a tremendous influx of goodwill and desire to join B'nai Israel and Remember, this is 170 years before the actual event, and Yeshayahu names names, names events, timeline, it's all there. But, so here is B'nai Yisrael with the opportunity of a lifetime to go back to Yerushalayim to build their temple. They have Nevi'im of the caliber of us. Yirmiyahu and Ezra and Nehemiah, the Sanhedrin is to the based in Gadol is sitting there, Gadolim in Tyra. They've got the goodwill of the world and they decide no. Or they decide in such tepid numbers to go back and take Koresh on his offer. And what happens is that in with the space of two years after 
construction is to start by the machinations of a group of palace enemies in Paras, an injunction is obtained stopping B'nai Yisrael from building the Beis HaMikdash. And this lasts 14 years. In that 14 years, we have the story of Ahasuerus, Esther, Mordechai. The Jews go from being the centerpiece of world affection to being within a hair's breadth of total annihilation. And it is no coincidence. Billy, isn't that amazing that if you look at 1948 and you go to 1956, in a few years? Right. How the view of Israel changed? Exactly, and then changes back again. Yes, if you don't think that this is a metaphor for all history, if you don't think this is relevant today, even to the United States, because what this is, is they are just so pleased with themselves in Israel, in Golis. They love Bavel, or what was Bavel. They don't want to go back. And so the failure to go back, of course, is a tremendous embarrassment to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. In the Purim miracle, we see how that they do penance, uh, kimu v'kiblu, they accept the Torah again, a second time. There is repentance, there is fear, there's a, a joy in being uh, servants of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And yet the Navi says, this isn't going to last at all, um, despite the flush of excitement. And so they go back in such insignificant numbers that it's just going to be a shadow of what it was. And that is where the Kaddish Baruch Hu is directing the Navi, his anger. To him, it is nothing short of a rejection. It is a Chilul Hashem. And so we pick it up there, Pasuk Yud, Perik Memches. I have refined you um, through the refinement process. Not like one refines metals or silver or gold. I have refined you. I have used or I have chosen to use a pot of suffering. It is through suffering that I will rid you of your impurities, not the refinement for metals, etc. And so I am putting you in the furnace of suffering. It is the experience of suffering that I've chosen to purify Israel through uh, their experiences. Yet, despite the suffering, the poor miracle, you still don't get the point. You still don't get it after the momentary enthusiasm, the reaffirmation of the Torah's primacy, after the miraculous miracle of birth. You're still more comfortable, and there's no other way to put it, you are still more comfortable in a non-Jewish environment. Continues the Kaddish Baruch through the Novi. However, I am not going to let this stop me. Lamani, Lamani, said, I am going to do this for my sake. The temple will be rebuilt. Because how can I allow such a profanation 
of my name. Uh, it, it is a busha, it is a rejection. And I will do this for my covet. I will not give my greatness, my glory to another. So it's going to get done. Therefore, Shmaila Yaakov Yisrael, listen to me, Yaakov and Yisrael. Mikra'e Anihu, I am the Kaddish Baruch who is calling you. Ani Rishon, Af Ani Acharon. There, I am it. I am the only force in the world. There is no such thing as a difference between time and space. There is no past or future. It is I. I have flattened my hand out over the land. I have made the heavens as well. I call to them together. There is, of course, a machlokas among the Forshim, Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, which the Kaddish Bar who created first, was it the Shammayim, the heavens, or the earth? Uh, and most of the portion agree it was simultaneous. It is created simultaneous, and it is the Kaddish Baruch Hu who exercises control over nature. Yes, they were created together, and it is I, I alone, who control the forces of nature. There are no other forces of nature. Continues the Navi Yodalit, he cuts and kulchem, and listen, gather together and listen. Just listen. Ushimu, me bahem Who amongst you, and this is a rhetorical question, has prophesied these things? Who said they will carry this out? Um, I have chosen Koresh. I am the one who selected him. I have. Uh, invested him with the power. I have strengthened his hands against the Kazdim. I have caused him to succeed. He will be Matsliach solely because of me. Ani, Ani, Dibarti, Afprasiha. I called him, I brought him, Vitslihu Darko. He will succeed. Kirbuelai, come closer. Listen. The Navi is saying to the people of Israel, Shimu Zos, listen to what I'm saying. I spoke to you clearly from the beginning. Um, there was no secrecy. There was no clandestine. It was all out in the open. I was never obscure or vague about Koresh. I even gave you his name. And now I have sent him and I have invested my spirit with Koresh. Now, back to the failure to respond to Koresh. Koamar Hashem. I have sought to lead you on the road you should travel. You are to go on the road I have mandated, specifically the road back to Yerushalayim. Uh, you should have all followed it, and you did not. Yudches, 
Lu Hikshavta Lamitsvosai. Had you only listened to my mitzvos, to my commandments, your lives would have been like a serene flowing river. Your justice would have been like the waves of the ocean. You would have been peace in your lives. And we know, of course, that part of this tragedy was that it was destined. Had they gone back, that would not have been just the end of the Gullus, it would have been the beginning of the Geula. All the stage was set, all the forces were in motion. This would be the ultimate Geula, Zubavel, who was in the direct lineage of King David, would be the Mashiach. Israel would be permanently established, the Mashiach would be, and you to put it in the vernacular, you blew it. You just didn't respond. And your progeny, your offspring would have been like the sands of the earth. Why would the Jews be expected to listen to Koresh? How would they know that Koresh is telling them what Koresh... That is well, one of the arguments, it's a good question, because it's one of the arguments they use. Why is Koresh the instrument here ordering us back? Shouldn't it be the Nevi'im? Shouldn't it be the Kodesh Baruch Hu? But no, the truth is that all the signs were in place. In other words, they should have followed, they, they know enough that the Kodesh Baruch Hu uses different instrumentalities, and the irony of the king, who is theoretically their oppressor in Golos, is saying, go back. Everything you need will be supplied. Your God spoke to me. Yes, they they got excuses. They, they, and but but not just not not. I mean, the the idea that they that they are aware of how Hashem communicates to them is is debatable based on the constant failure from Yahushua until now. Right, but now they've got some big Nevi'im there. And they've got the Sanhedrin there. In other words, all the signs point to go. And those Ezra and Nehemiah were one of the greatest Nevi'im, both of them. And they say, come, we're leading you back. So continues the Kaddish Baruch, Lo his name will not be erased before you. The Navi is still screaming at them, leave Bavel. Birchu Mikazdim, flee away from Chaldea, another name for Babel, but call Reno in jubilant exultation. Hagidu Hashmiu Zos Hotsiu Akisei Ores, they will hear from the ends of the earth this miraculous deliverance. Imru Gaal Hashem Avdo Yaakov, that the Kaddish Baruch Hu has redeemed, has um, restored his people Yaakov. But again, nothing. And you go on that derech back, you will not lack for water, you will not lack for um, water drawn from a rock. He will split the rocks for you in the desert, you will have water, and you cannot mistake this metaphor being similar to the Jews being led through the desert with all their needs being taken care of. Finally, the Navi says in exasperation, Ein shalom amar Hashem You will not have peace. 
if you're staying in Bavel. That's absurd. You will be like the Rishayim, a very strong term, because Rishayim here applies, you will be just like Nebuchadnezzar, you will be just like Bavel, you are nothing but Rishayim. So we see the Kodesh Baruch whose anger is unabated here at this total failure to grasp history and grasp destiny. However, all is not lost. There is a um, life preserver to be thrown to B'nai Yisrael, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.